Right then, Kev, the Iceman. That's a bit quick. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> How are you? Right. How's your week been? All right, Tom. Mag- magic shows? No. I've had, I've had a bit of a... I've had a, I've had a week. Um, let me have a think. I've been very ill. Toothache. Brush your uh, teeth. Yeah. Brush He's your teeth. himself up. Four times a day, everybody. The heroin. Toothache. And then my buddy came up from York, down from York. We had a few days um, drinking beer, hanging out oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I met him, didn't I? Yeah. Peter Goodson. Bombay Beat. <laughs> and then... Um, he went back yesterday, I think. Yeah. No, day before yesterday. And the last couple of days, I've just been reading loads about this killer called the Iceman. Yep. How's your week been, Tom? <laughs> uh, yeah, good, I think. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I've uh, uh, walked the dog, um, gone for a few beers, gone for a, um, a few more beers. Any uh, gigs, any gigs? Yeah, I did a couple. did a couple in town, which is pretty good. Um, solo gigs but um, yeah today me you Jake Jake producer. how are you Jake right, good thanks guys hey. <laughs> here he is <laughs> yeah I went for a few beers today to you know loosen up the podcast mm. a pre a pre you know drink I've done the same drink. It, I find it helps on the nerves of course it does yeah so yeah we're delving into this guy his name his nickname is the Iceman and his real name is Richard Kuklinski so it's not the guy from Ghostbusters. <laughs> no. It's not Vanilla Ice. <laughs> it's the Ice Man. Ice, Ice Baby. Yeah, the Ice Man. So he was born in '35 in New Jersey, and um, yeah, he had a very, very, very horrific childhood. Again, with the same like Ed Kemper, what we did last. Yeah, it fucked up, man. It's a pattern, pattern, mate. Really awful abuse. Neglect, mm. uh, strong religious connotations. Catholic, His family were yeah. Roman Catholic, very strict Roman Catholic, Polish and Irish. Yeah. God, you imagine that's, bit of a, mix, that, like. that's a bit of a Catholic mix. That is. <laughs> Hardcore mum and dad. Yeah. I think, yeah, he said, because we watched all these interviews, all of us together, hours and hours and hours. And uh, he said once uh, his mum would break broom handles on him. Yeah. Every day, every single day. And um, which would cost a lot, cost a lot of money, obviously, because broom yeah. handles aren't cheap. <laughs> and they were, they were a poor family. They were a poor family. Yeah. Karma, dad, mate. dad was a brake man. Stanley was a brake man on the train. Was he? Yeah, oh, yeah, that. yeah. Wikipedia, God bless you. Oh. And um, and he was just a harsh bastard. Yeah. yeah, awful motherfucker. He allegedly killed his other son. Yeah, Florian, wasn't it? Yeah, in front of everyone killed his brother Richard's brother in front of everyone and they covered it up and said oh he fell down the stairs yeah which was about a week before I think his father left the family his father went ah I'm alright I'm going now that'll be it and uh, Richard said that he destroyed his only friend because they were going through the same abuse yeah killed his only friend so at Uh, this point he's obviously still he's angry anyway but now he's got no one he said later that he did want to kill his father. Yeah. And he did try to look for him, but he found it very difficult to find him. Yeah, he him. couldn't find him, did Yeah. Oh, I wish he did. <laughs> From all the stuff he did. Been other four minutes of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it got to the point where Richard was obviously an angry child 
and he had no one. He went to the Catholic uh, church, his mum's church, that she forced him into, and uh, they beat him there as well. Yeah, he became an altar boy, and they beat him there. He, he said he was hit with the Bible. Yeah. Which is... That's a, not, that's, not the intended that's a use. sign. Not the intended <laughs> use of the Bible. symbol of something. <laughs> and uh, so he was abused at school. He was a... When I say abuse, he was bullied at school, mm. bullied in church. At home, he was beaten by. Well, his dad had left, but he'd survived. And his mum, yeah. Lots of beatings. And then his mum used to batter him. Yeah. It sounds awful. Mm. It sounds absolutely awful. And and that's where you get these kids that are kind of. They grow up and, and they just don't trust anybody. They've got, they've got no major attachment to any primary caregiver. Yeah. And they just grow up not trusting anybody in the world. Well, like we were saying, every avenue he went, he was getting beaten up or bullied, you know berated by everyone and when he was at school because he was so big he was six foot he was massive yeah, six foot something at school and they didn't like it and yeah he got bullied at school as well and he was polish which i yeah. think got he got a lot of flack for that yeah, it would have got shit for that so just for his name and the way he was and then his mum and the church everyone everyone dead around brother him, dead brother in I mean, front of him just and you're thinking where is he going to go from here and it's not going to be good it's not going to be good so um, he said in interviews that um, after his brother died, obviously he lost his friend, and he was bullied in the estate by, um, what were they called? The, 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 the Project, Project Boys. Boys. That was it, yeah. There's a gang called the Project Boys, and uh, young, like 13, 14, 15-year-olds, and they would bully him, bully him, bully him, bully him every single day, every single day. And after his brother had died, he had this, you know, this humongous, like, wanting for revenge and anger inside him. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had anger issues. God. Absolutely. And he thought one day, I'm sick of this shit. I'm going to get revenge on these bullies. And he knew when the leader of the gang was going to go home, you know, like the timeline of him, what time he got in from school or whatever. And he said he had a two by four bit of wood. And he came in and he said, I smashed him over the head a couple of times. It was on the floor. And then he looked and he went, Shit, there's no pulse. I said, there's no pulse. And then he said he'd thrown the body off a bridge. Mm. And he said it because he was driving cars at 13. Yeah, he was nicking cars. He was just feral because, well, he was just... His mum didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Dad's yeah. gone. Yeah, and he was stealing food for the family. So, yeah, he took the... He joyrided, you know, he nicked a car, put the body in the back, dumped it in a, in a, in a river over a bridge, and nothing ever came of it. Yeah, this is what he says. Nothing came of it. Now, previous uh, prior people have like looked into this and investigated this to see if it's true, and there's not much evidence to say that this actually happened. Yeah, However, yeah. at the time, you know, you're a 13 year old kid in a project, and you go missing. You know, the, ki the cops aren't going to take it that seriously. You're just a missing kid. You might have gone yeah, and got a yeah, job yeah. somewhere. Yeah, it's it's There's 19 priorities, isn't it? It's 1950 and 1948 in America. Mm. It's, yeah, they're not, it's not going to be massive, is it? No, not at all. Yeah, so this happened, and he said, again, in interviews, we always refer back because he tells these stories, and it's incredible. And he says um, that's when he knew that he had, like, this control, and no Power. one's, no one's going to fuck me, fuck with me anymore. We're going to do it in his head. And I imagine <clears> he, he would have felt more safer and more secure after he had killed that guy. Yeah. Gotten away with it, no, no comeback. Yeah, he went from this little tiny innocent child getting his, his brother killed in front of him his dad doing a runner and he's killed someone because of his anger and he's gone right 
this is me now. This is pure hatred. Yeah, yeah. And this is exactly what happened. Um, and so sources say from this point, uh, he was torturing animals. Yeah. He describes in uh, oh, one of the interviews God. where, mate, he tied two cat's tails together. He threw them over a washing line and he watched them. Well, he watched them for a while just rip each other up. Yeah, he didn't wait for the end result, but he said they were pretty scratched yeah, up. Yeah, they were. He said they were fucked up. And then <clears throat> he then went on to describe killing dogs, throwing dogs off of uh, roofs. Like, yeah, and kicking. Oh, this one. And I then this one. tying a dog to the back of a bus mm. so it would be dragged. Well, it would run until it was too tired and it would be dragged to death. Ugh. How old was he when all this happened? Oh, like 13? Yeah, 13, 13, 14, 15. Something like that, yeah. Not specific details that we couldn't find. We couldn't find them, but yeah, he was... But they all seem kid. to do this, man. They all seem to like animals, cats. Yeah. And uh, cats, I think, is specific as well. They, like they, they, like they in they the last podcast, that they're a represent, representation of the feminine. Yeah, femininity, yeah. And uh, and they're also they're easy. They're easy to kill. I mean, you could befriend a cat, and then suddenly, if you're like a thirteen-year-old fucked-up kid, you suddenly got power over this thing that is not you. It yeah. is the other. It's, it's, yeah. And then you can do whatever it what. Personal story: I was uh, an ex friend of mine. <clears throat> went on holiday with her and her parents. We got back to her house in London. And her brother had been staying in his house for like the weekend while we were away. We got back and the third sentence this kid said, I don't want to say too much. Oh God, I go don't, on. I don't want to. You have to now. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to give it away who it is. But the third sentence he said was, oh, the neighbor's cat came in and I killed it with a baseball bat. It's in oh. the bin. Do you want to come and look at it? What? And I was like completely fucking freaked out. I look at my friend who was his sister. She's freaked out. I look at the kid's mum. She's completely fucking freaked out. Wow. And we looked in the bin and the neighbour's dead cat was in the bin. Shit. So I always thought this guy might grow up to be a bit kind of... Because mm. it's where it starts. Yeah, you man. Know, all, a lot of people the, kill fucking animals. Yeah, all the, all the typical ones. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Ed Kemper. Kemper. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh. They all did it. Yeah, so dogs tied to buses, dogs thrown off roofs, um, and the cats on the line. But also, we, we know that later on, this guy got into cyanide and using poisons. Mm. I bet he's, I bet he experimented on those poisons with animals. And Probably, dogs. yeah. Right, we're getting into now when he's, um, was it the Coming coming Up Roses gang? Yeah, who were like burglary and stuff, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, just young, like teenagers who noticed him. He was big and he was hard and he... You know, bad people, and he was he was in control of himself. Fearless, fearless, yeah. He you was know, a dead fearless eyes. motherfucker. So they recruited him into the gang, didn't they? And um, oh, what was it? Uh, the yeah, that was it. Sorry, uh, Officer Doyle in the pub. So he went to a pub with it with this coming up Rose's gang, and Officer Doyle obviously was a police officer, but he didn't know that at the time. Pissed him off. Because he was being a loud mouth. Yeah, and it reminded him of his dad. Of his dad. Yeah, because apparently his dad was a loud mouth, going and bragging, getting drunk, bragging, shouting off. And um, in interviews on that HBO special, mm. he says that he hated loud mouths. He hated people like that, and he really wanted to shut them up. Yeah. 
and then he saw this copper in the bar. The copper left yeah. after winding up the Iceman. I think the Iceman, was this Christmas Eve when he left and went back again? Uh, yes. No, 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 that was a different one. But this is this is similar. <laughs> Too much rum. <laughs> Too much rum. Um, this one, uh, this officer Doyle that uh, we researched about, um, pissed him off in the pub, and he thought, right, I'm gonna wait it out, and when he leaves, I'm gonna have him. But he followed him, and he went into his car, and he fell asleep, and he was knocking on the window, nothing, and he thought, oh well, he's asleep, I'm gonna get my own back. He got the door open, or whatever he did, found some gasoline, poured it into the car, and he said, yeah, I just threw a match in there. I just burnt him to death. And heard this guy screaming and burnt him to death in the car, just because he pissed him off. Oh my God. Yeah, man, it's just... Any, anyone that pissed him off, you're done, you know. And that was similar to the time when he met um, a guy that was going to employ him, and he had, and the guy said, would you kill someone for me? If I ask you to. Oh, this is um, so. For, for the listeners, it's Roy DeMeo, and he was a prominent uh, mobster. Yeah, and at this point, he heard about the Iceman, who wasn't called the Iceman at this point, but heard about Richard and said, "Well, if you want to kill somebody for me, let's go for drive." And apparently, he pointed out he pointed at some bloke walking his dog, and said to Richard, oh, "I'd like you go and kill him for me. Here's a gun." Mm-hmm. And at which point he. He did. He just, yeah, no feeling, no nothing. Again, How old was he at this time? Oh, I, oh, I'd say probably 20. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't old at all. Like, to the, you know, before the age of 30, he had a lot, like, reputation. He had all the, all this stuff on his belt, like. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, so now we got to 1954, and he's got a girlfriend called Linda, and they're 18 years old. And... Uh, they were getting on, they're going on dates and stuff, but apparently in the meantime, he would disappear in the night and shoot and stab homeless people mm. for practice. And there's two stories from this time. Once he, he got a crossbow and he wanted to see if the crossbow would oh, work. Oh, mate. So nuts. he called a guy over to his car as if he was asking for directions and he got the crossbow and he shot the guy in the forehead to see if it would work as an experiment. Just a and, random guy. And the crossbow boat went halfway in and killed the guy. How does no one around the area <laughs> report exactly or notice this is going on? Exactly. Man, this is before mobile phones. <laughs> before dash cams. But still, you're going to see someone with a crossbow bolt in their forehead. Yeah. God, God but, but only I, knows, yeah. man. But I think the reason, one of the reasons is he did, he killed in different ways all the time. Random different people, no MO. There was no pattern. You know, he would kill a homeless person and, you know, the police will be thinking, well, why has he killed that homeless person? What's he done to him? And they're concentrating on that all the while. He's just gone, all right, mate, can I have some directions? Shoots a guy in the fucking forehead with a crossbow. Yeah, no, I'm sure so, at one point... And they can't he... connect it because that's completely different. That could be two different people. And I, that's obviously what they thought, you know. I guess Which... at the time you think New York isn't the place it is now. Mm. It was pretty rough and... Yeah. God, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. bad back at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, you got to the crossbow bit. And so then this, as well, the, at the same time, within the same kind of bit of the interview, he talks about him and his mate had a bet and he shot somebody in the Adam's apple. Oh, to I see how, To see how long it would take this guy to die. And had a $50 bet. And apparently Richard lost the bet. 
because a guy died quicker than he thought he would. And he just... I think and, he... and when he discusses it on his interviews, he's so casual. He's so calm. He's so... He's got no empathy. He's like completely... He's ice cold. Disassociated for his ice cold, man. He's <laughs> ice cold. And... He goes on about like killing multiple, multiple people. And quite often people say... This isn't the case. He didn't really kill all those people he came to kill. But every now and again, you're watching an interview and he goes into a description of a murder. And he's very in-depth as well. Yeah, and you you kind of think, fucking hell, this is real. Yeah, like like there's certain prominent murders, like uh, uh, prominent like uh, mafia members. And he will describe really in-depth of how he was involved. And then later on, you find out everyone's going, that's bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he knows certain things. So you don't, quite know what's true and what isn't but did they did they tie it all up with what he said as well did they go back and check to see if all these things he was people have gone back multiple times and they've gone through his videos and they've gone and investigated you know what he's said and often they're going well it couldn't have been him it's impossible yeah yeah and there's and there's people that are like sammy gravano who was the underboss of the gambino family in the 80s 90s well 70s 80s 90s and he was the one that got John Gotti sent down. He was the one that like testified or whatever. And Paul Castellano was prior to this in the mid eighties was a uh, head of the Gambino family. But all the minions didn't agree with what he was doing with the family business wise. So they all conspired to kill him. And it's it's a long story. But anyway, Richard Kuklinski, the Iceman, said that he was involved in this assassination. And Gravano, who was like the the mind of it all, he was the one that like orchestrated everything. He's still alive, and he just goes, "Nah, I don't know what he's talking." Apparently, about. he's got a podcast. He he's has, got, yeah, he's yeah, got this yeah. Guy, like, he was, he, yeah, yeah. He was in prison for like thirty years, and now he's got a podcast. Just, I'm surprised that people don't just shoot him, uh, mate. I tell you, so he, Sammy Gravano, just really quickly uh, was the underboss in the Gambino family after they killed pa- Paul Castellano, which Kuklinski. Uh, uh, claimed he was involved in which isn't true um, Gravano now uh, he, when he testified he killed 13 people and because he testified against Gotti who was the mob boss above him and everyone else he spent like four five years in prison and then he came out because he testified against them and he just think how did he get and I tell you, Jake honestly he's got a podcast I'll be walking around the kitchen cooking and he's talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this he's probably got merch. He's probably could buy t-shirts with his name on. Honestly, and I, I've got him on Facebook, and I I uh, uh, messaged him. He didn't reply, but but he saw the message. And I'm thinking that's Sammy Gravano from the Gambino crime fact. And he stuck yeah the podcast. He's like yeah. So I walked into this bar and I just like blew this guy's head off. And I'm like, and you just like cooking. It's like oh shit. Like, but yeah. How anyway. many? How many people did he kill? Thirteen. That's thirteen great podcasts. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like content creation. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> this is when. Oh, do you remember? Was it? Uh, I've got it written down here. It's John Wheeler and Jack Dubrovsky. That's it. Two of his mates, best mates from the gang he was in, which were called Coming Up Roses. Coming Up Roses. Yeah. They had uh, robbed a mafia poker game. And he was contacted, uh, contracted, yeah, contracted, connected. To kill his two friends. Yeah. That, that's a scene from Goodfellas, isn't it? Um, it's in Sopranos. That's, yeah. 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 It's an original, uh, apparently Tony Soprano was supposed to help hold up a card game, but he passed out from this uh, panic attack disorder he's got in the in the programme. 
But later on, there's uh, his like minions, his goons, the younger generation found out what he did because they got away with it. So they're like, well, we'll do it then. And they went in and afterwards the mafia were like, no, you, you shouldn't do that. And yeah, they died. Same as these guys. So the Iceman said to these guys, well, they're my best friends. And they went, well, you have to kill them. And that was his in with the mafia. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if you if you're willing to kill two of your best mates, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> that proves it all, doesn't it? Yeah, and then uh, he went on to do multiple killings, including cutting tongues out, oh. stabbing them up people's bums. Yeah, on request of the mob or whoever. Uh, was it the credit card? One? Yeah, it was, it, he was he was instructed to kill someone and to push oh, all of his credit cards up their bum. Why? I I'm assuming it's some debt thing. And obviously, and I think the tongue's a snitch thing. Yeah, yeah. They put it up their ass and say like, you, you know, you can't snitch on us. You can't. It's, it's, it's they're making a point, aren't they? Yeah. And also, there's another one where he was instructed to break as many bones as possible, so the guy was in serious pain. So, oh, so this... in a way, all this sick stuff, is it him or is it him just following orders? Uh, well, he did a bit of both in between. So he would get the contracts. And then in between, he would go to um, a local bar, gay bar. And, but I think, yeah, I think that was contracted. But in between, he would go to like an alleyway, walk, walk home and go, oh, I'll try and stab this guy in a certain point in his neck. See how long it takes. Test out the cyanide, you know. So in yeah, between, he was, he was like honing his, his, his it's skill. Skills, yeah, he's, he killed yeah. somebody and um, he, cut up, he cut their ligaments in their legs and arms so they would go into a barrel. Yeah. And that takes a little bit of study. You don't just know how to do that. If you, you know, it's... So he's looked that up. <laughs> yeah, he's good. So he's, he sliced the ligaments <laughs> to fold the guy into this 50-gallon barrel. taking like a biology lesson or something. Yeah, yeah kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. yeah, kind of. Excuse me. That's a Oh, Jake's got a, a grinder notification. Hey, hey, <laughs> But yeah, so um, uh, he was contracted to do all these kills. And the worst one I remember is, do you remember the cave? Yeah, 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 yeah. This one blows my mind because you try and imagine being that victim and you can't. Fathom yeah, the so that... he got this. So he was instructed to kind of really hurt this guy, and if he got video evidence, he'd make more money from the hit. Uh, so... So, sorry, Kev. I I uh, I read his book, and apparently it was a mafia boss who this guy, the victim, the the target, raped his daughter. Oof. So that's why this mob boss wanted complete and utter like torture, revenge type thing, not just a shot in the back of the head. So Richard uh, was contracted to get this guy and he said he bashed him over the head put him in his trunk tied him up went to the like the the, the wilderness found a cave and he'd already done it before didn't he yeah he'd done he, some research on this cave like putting stuff down and seeing how long it takes to eat and apparently whatever. there's a swarm of rats living in this cave so he got this guy and he, he also had a tripod camera so he set the tripod camera up got this guy who was bound gagged and he covered him in raw hide yeah, so he tied him in rawhide, right? Which, as as it dried out, it got it tightened. So this guy was immobile, and which he, I didn't know. That's that's nuts. Yeah, and then he poured a bucket of cow blood over him, and he left him in this cave where this massive community of rats lived, allegedly. Yeah. 
and left him in there with a camera running. Now, we haven't really mentioned this, but he did work for a camera lab. Yeah, doing and like one of dodgy his, porn movies. Yeah, one of, his, one of his ways he'd make money would be he'd, um, he'd get Disney movies and porn movies mm. and he'd record them and send them to the mob. Disney and Especially porn. porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We know, makes That's a money. good night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a kebab. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he videoed it, and apparently, you know, yeah, the, caught, these rats came out and slowly at him. And, and apparently, uh, the one thing we watched was uh, the rats would oh, automatically don't, don't. go to the eyeballs first. Yeah. Really? And you think you're bound and gagged. You can't move. You're like in a tight hold, like a like a um, straight jacket. Yeah. In a cave, and these rats are nibbling at you. you oh, don't even go there, man. Don't. don't and don't, yeah, he went back, don't. and apparently there was like just. It was a Vietnam, bones in, and in the Vietnamese War, it was a torture. What they would do is, uh, the Viet, the Viet Cong, Charlie would, they'd get American troops, they'd tie their arms around trees. And over their head, they'd have a cage. And they'd put the cage on the American GI's head. And they'd lit in a rat. Oh. And, yeah, the GI's tied to the tree, arms around the back. Cage on the head. And there's just one rat's left in. Oh and then they walk away. Oh. And obviously what happens is, after, a, I mean, you know, you struggle, but the, but the rat blinds you. You know, you freak out. Jesus. Maybe you went, maybe you know, and eventually they go through your mouth and through your stomach oh. and come out through your gut because no. they because the rats are no trapped way. too. Yeah, because the rats are trapped too, and that rats, you know, once you're dead, the rats will go through your belly, eat their way out, and come out and then live and scamper off, oh. and you're left. Cheers, there. rat. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's in a cup. That's in a book. Coco. Oh my wasn't god! That, wasn't there like a medieval thing where they put like a bucket or? A pail on the stomach and they heat the bucket up with a rat inside oh so the rat has to come through and then it has to go through oh my god your stomach anyway right so (laughs) yeah we're getting to the i think this is 1965 now right and yeah he's bootlegging porn movies and uh he said in interviews that he didn't uh he, he was very he wasn't very confident or couldn't get other jobs and if he could it was shit pay. Yeah, yeah. Menial, so the mob says. were like, oh, you can just churn out these uh, uh, movies, these like bootleg movies, and just make loads of money. And that's what he did. And because his family life was very violent, he was very sporadic in his um, uh, his demeanour. Like, he would... Uh, his uh, Linda, his wife, had said later on, he could go six months and be the most perfect husband mm. and, and father. But then for a whole week straight, he will puncture in the nose. He, he, he broke her nose, didn't he? He broke her nose. And apparently, one time, he picked up a, a, a fucking table, like a family-sized dining table, and threw it out the window. Apparently, it took four people to carry in the house. And, he and did his it wife described it. She, she said he got annoyed, and he literally picked up this table and threw it through the window. I mean, the guy By was himself. massive. How, how, how big was he again? He was 6'5", huge. Yeah. He was he was huge and stocky as well. Huge motherfucker. Yeah. And you see photos of him, and he was like he was balding, and he had like sideburns. We had these really flash big collar suits. Another thing that his wife said was like when they first got together, and they'd have a Christmas family at home. When I mean, he had a terrible terrible childhood, like oh uh, yeah, 
and she said their first Christmas when they had the Christmas tree, the presents, everybody kind of all the family there, the big meal. She said that he was just over. He couldn't believe it. He was completely overwhelmed by yeah. the experience. He couldn't understand the he, fact he, that we got presents. Yeah, and and he he'd, he had never experienced anything like it before in his life, and and he and his wife was saying, you know, he he was just unloved. He had never mm. experienced, you know, f- mother or fatherly care. Yeah, f- and and he said as well, like, um, <clears throat> they had zero at home, absolute zero. He was beaten all the time, and mm. it was just I don't know, like being in prison but just people beating you all the time and that was it but he couldn't fathom the fact that people actually cared about each other yeah and 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 invest yeah and he was getting these presents from like people that were kind of semi-related to him and he just couldn't get his head around it yeah you go yeah you go to like a a, a christmas day at say your girlfriend's house and your girlfriend's cousin buys you a gift you're like oh that's that's really generous but to him he's like he was just completely freaked out by because they care about him and they like him but he didn't understand that and she and, said as well with um, uh, his childhood, she said if she asked him, he would really quickly say something like, oh yeah, my dad did this. But but, but anyway, and then go make dinner. Mm. He he didn't like talking about it. He think, apparently he was very, very private as well about his whole childhood. Yeah, totally. He just, but obviously... Private about everything. Yeah, and you wouldn't want to bring up that shit. You know, your, God, your brother no. getting brutally murdered in front of you, you know. You'll be you'll be ashamed. It'd be one of yeah. those things that, as a kid, you know, or, you know, my mum was shit, my dad was shit, my mum was an alcoholic. Oh no, my dad was an alcoholic. Yeah. I was beaten. You, you would have this shame. None of it's your fault. Yeah, but it's something that many kids that grow up in neglect and abusive relationships that they they have a shame and they, yeah. and they you know they don't want to share it. Yeah, you don't want to talk about that stuff. Bring it back no, up, no, especially just... when he's there at Christmas. You know, getting showered in gifts got a loving wife he's got a couple of kids mm. he doesn't want to talk about his dad you know yeah the kids went to great schools mm. you know he, well he, like you know he said in interviews it was all about his family mm. he did everything he could to provide for them but obviously fell into the whole well, yeah. murder thing and also he was domestically violent but if you've grown up in a family that's domestically violent and you've seen your dad being violent to your mum well, that's all he knows. That's all you know. And and sometimes, misgu- obviously misguidedly, you believe that as, you know, subliminally, in your unconscious thought, you believe that that is how you express love. How did my father express love to, to my mum? Mm. He hit her. Yeah. But they loved each other. Yeah. And, and it kind of like subliminally justifies your behaviour. You don't, you know, you don't want to yeah. do it. yeah, yeah. But it's how you were kind of taught to express that. I mean, it's fucked mm. up. It's fucked yeah. up. Well, like we were saying in the previous podcast about Ed Kemper, you know, his childhood was horrific. Awful. And and, and he, he will grow up, like anyone would grow up and think, well, if I punch my missus, like my dad did it. Yeah, my dad so did it. It's, yeah, it's just a pattern. And, and you grow up with that, with, with that total lack of attachment, lack of empathy, mm. lack of human understanding. A lack of that kind of, how can I say this, that understanding of otherness, you know, mm. what it is to be somebody other than yourself. Well, like he said in interviews, Richard, he said, um, uh, all I've got left is hate. When he was in prison as an old man. And then Dr. D said, what does that do for you? And he said, it keeps my left foot in front of my right foot. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, I, I think Dr. Dietz was kind of trying to make himself reflect then. Mm. 
And he didn't. He just went, well, it makes my left foot go in front of my right foot. Yeah. And they diagnosed him with what? God. Paranoia disorder. So much antisocial. It was what, but like nine of them, I think, something like that. Like, like you know, off the off the charts. Yeah. And and he was really patiently listening and going, yeah, well, yeah, I know, I, I get that, I get that. And he knew, but he just couldn't help himself because that's just. I saw that part of the documentary. Do you reckon he cared what he was labeled as at that point, or was he just? I don't think well, he cared. I don't think he, no, at that point he's yeah, in prison for life. He's notorious. He's getting asked to be on these TV interviews. The more he adds to his notoriety, the more he's going to get asked to do more interviews, and it breaks up that day-to-day monotony of being in a yeah. cell. Mm. So why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. Because what you know, when he said in 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 prison interviews, and he said about. Um, uh, uh, have you got any friends and he went all oh, my friends are dead yeah. and he's killed them all giggled and he started talking about his family and he started to get really upset and he and he started crying yeah and I remember the first time a few years ago watching that thinking oh shit he's he's actually got something inside him mm. and he said in the interview didn't he, he was like oh imagine seeing the Iceman cry yeah, he said, this isn't very macho. Yeah. Which, again, is revealing, because what does he mean by being macho? How how important how important is it to him mm. to be seen to be macho? Yeah. Um, is it some kind of illusion he wants to kind of make all the time where he goes around, he's a big man, I've murdered all these people, I'm macho, motherfucker. And then he cries, and rather than going, oh, wait, I'm a little bit upset now, just give me a minute, he goes, oh, this isn't very macho. Mm. And it makes you think. It makes you understand where he's thinking. Yeah, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, you know, there's some um, other prominent murders that he claims to have been involved in, like the Paul Castellano here, uh, Roy DeMeo. He even alluded to the Hoffa. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he thought <laughs> he was involved in Jimmy Hoffa getting killed, which can't be true. And he says know. he does say in um, interviews, you know, specific details like what road they went down and like he sat behind him and stabbed him from the back you know like and I think from sources you know stuff I've read uh, into the mob because I'm obsessed with the mob stuff that's kind of how it did actually happen but he's talking about it and all the people involved are going who the fuck is this guy you know Mm. so you know so but that might have been the sense it was so decompartmentalised that when you got someone to do a hit, I mean, you didn't fucking know who they were. Yeah. You just gave it to somebody else. They took care of it. They took care of it. You give them some money, and it's nothing. To, it's out of your sphere of thought, mm. you know. You know what That's we're going to. You know what we're going to get to now. Go on, Donny Brasco. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> so people listening to this, you know, you should know about Donny Brasco, the movie with Johnny Depp, Al Pacino. Uh, he was called uh, Dominic. Plurifaroni, something like that. And he called himself Dominic Provenzano, aka. Looks like a right gangster. He does, yeah, and the way he talks as well, yeah. Yeah, totally. He had like a he had the mustache like Johnny Depp did. Um but the real guy, Dominic Provenzano, aka Donny Brasco, he uh uh was was assigned to crack down on the mob. He spent five whole years undercover in the mob, which blows my mind. Like if I did two days I would poo myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he witnessed murders and stuff, you know, like, and he had to get involved in, like, helping disposing of bodies, you know, different, it's just incredible. And um, 
afterwards, uh, they said, oh, there's this guy called Kuklinski that we're, we're suspicious of. Mm. You know, all these associates are... Dying. Dying. Because at this point, what he started to do, he I think he arranged up... To the paranoia comes in. He arranged to meet a guy who's going to come and buy some porno tapes from him. This guy had $27,000 in his car. Tom, at this point, you don't have to worry about blowing that smoke away from the mic. We've got a lot of Kevin <laughs> All right. there. So, <laughs> Sound-wise, we're good. <laughs> and and so he, he thinks, well, if I, you know, fuck selling the tapes, I just shoot him, whack his body in the trunk, keep the and money. then keep the money. And he did that multiple times. And that became he? his MO. Mm. And then, unfortunately, well, fortunately, really, that was his downfall. He kept doing it, <laughs> yeah. and he, he killed... Two, well, no, like four people, five think, uh, people, five people that were all linked to him in his uh, little gang, and he was the last person to see him alive. Yeah, like all these people that died, and it was like, well, who's the last person to see him alive? Oh, it's Richard. Oh, Richard yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. And so, one of the guys had ninety-seven thousand dollars in his van. Bang in the back of the head. I'm having that money. So yeah, and 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 one of them was in a motel room, and when they killed him. They went, oh, shit, like, how can we get rid of it? Well, I just put him under the bed. Yeah, put him under the bed. And he was there for, what, a couple of weeks? <laughs> and, and, and people, people went to the room going, oh, this room well, smells a bit. Yeah. Going whack a bit of fripperies or Yeah, and they're going in going, oh, it's a bit smelly. And there was a fucking rotting body under the bed. And it was one of the Iceman's victims. But no one God. had ever really, like, checked under the bed. <laughs> and there's a guy there. But this guy plus these other dudes that died around the same time, they all linked it to Richard because he was like the kind of boss of this little like mini gang. That little, and it, it, yeah, because it was pornography, burglary. Yeah. It wasn't kind of mafia, was it? Because no, it was them... just like an off, offshoot. Like, you know, he had this little gang. And they all ended up, you know, dropping off like flies. And then the police went, oh, the only person in common is him. So they got Donny Brasco... Uh, he was obviously in the mob trying to infiltrate them and which he did but they also wanted him to uh, make friends with Richard as well which he did which he did and he recorded his conversations man and he and he's kind of you can see how he's entrapping uh, Richard he's he's saying he's getting into safety he's going well you are going to fucking kill him aren't you how do you fucking do it I've heard you fucking do it with cyanide I hope it's fucking clean and clean and fucking not messy and then he's making kind of Richard explain on the phone yeah it's not messy no it's quick yeah sometimes it's cyanide yeah sometimes I just spray him in the face yeah and he's like oh it takes him a few seconds to die yeah, and Donnie Brasco's like being a really over, almost yeah, over going, the top yeah, mobster. Yeah, he's like, yeah, what the fuck great. you do? He's like, uh, uh, how the fuck do you kill this guy? You fucking, you should get the cyanide, motherfucker. And like, he's constantly going at him and he's going, yeah, yeah. And I think he likes it. He, he likes, loves it. Yeah, he, he loves, loves the fact that someone, someone's on the same level as him. Because he's probably never had Because didn't before. he meet another guy? Now, the ice cream man from the movie. Now, what's the yeah. ice cream man guy? So, I don't quite know how he came across this guy. I read, it, I read the Iceman book years ago, and I can't quite remember. But he ended up meeting... It was a guy that had an ice cream truck, and he met him. And apparently, they had some sort of, like, connection straight away. And he was like... I like to kill people. Do you, you want to hang out type shit? And they did. And this guy was like, yeah, I'm a contract killer. And he's like, oh, shit, so am I. And he's like, well, how'd you do it? And he goes, mate, have you ever heard of cyanide? He's like, yeah. And he's like, mate, it's fucking amazing. His, his name was Robert Prongay. 
There you go. Yeah. Jake, get it up. <laughs> Got you. Robert Prongay, the I- the ice cream man. Well, if it had killed him, it'd be called the ice cream man. <laughs> but it's called the ice man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ice he- cream flake 99, man. <laughs> <laughs> so he introduced him to um, the cyanide aspect of killing people. And uh, uh, going back well, to... Like, his... like a proper mate. Yeah, yeah. That's a, like a good mate. Oh, mate. Listen, oh, mate, some of my mates who like introduced me to Led Zeppelin, <laughs> Pink Floyd, the Doors, and then like, oh, mate, Cyanide. Poison. Have you heard of Poison? <laughs> I've heard of the band. No, not Poison, not the band. Poison! <laughs> no, but like fucking killing people. Uh, and at that, that, that point, we go, wait, well, my taxi's coming. I've got to get my coat. I'm off. <laughs> but if you linger for that kind of conversation, it's not healthy, is it? It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. <laughs> But yeah, so he got uh, friends with this Robert dude, and um, uh, yeah, he introduced him to cyanide. Then a few uh, other hits that he got. This is according to his book, so I don't know exactly how true it is, but he said he went to some sort of fancy uh, hotel bar type thing. Went to the bar. Have a double cyanide, please. (laughs) (laughs) On the rocks, baby. And he sat next to the victim, and he made friends with him. And he's going, oh, you know, like, oh, this band's shit, whatever. And, like, got friends with him. And uh, he said, oh, mm-hmm. uh, eventually, oh, do you want a drink, whatever, got him drunk. Mm-hmm. And they went, oh, should we have some food? And they had a burger. And the guy ordered the burger, had a bit of it, whatever, left to go for a pee. Yeah, Richard that. just went, the bun. Went, bit of cyanide. Now, I've been to bad gigs. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to have a cyanide burger. I mean, I've seen... Um, Oh my god, what's that terrible band I saw at Hyde Park? Oh my god, they're like <laughs> gay and edgy BG covers. Not that they're gay, we're, they're bad. They're just we're bad. going off piece, dear Kev. Yeah, sorry. Wait a minute, I gotta go. Is that bad? <laughs> yeah, but honestly, so he got he got the burger, put the cyanide in, and the guy came back. At the burger. Steps, it was steps. Literally. Oh, God, steps. Yeah, yeah, I'd have a burger. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was a steps fan when I was about seven. Oh, most. Who wasn't? Yeah, exactly, Jake. Yeah. Apparently, um, that's a sign of growing up to be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to steps. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he got the burger, ate it, and he said it took him about 10 steps. He started to keel over, died. He did one, and it was ruled as like a heart attack. Or you know, like a hardcore stroke or something that killed him, cardiac arrest or something. Yeah, and he just went the tiniest little dollop of cyanide. It's, mental, it's undetectable, isn't it? It's mental. Like in the in the small amounts, and it's you can't smell well, it. I mean, it's odorless. You read about these things like in spy novels where someone's been caught by the Russians and they have a cyanide tablet, but when you actually hear about it being used in murder, like where the fuck do you get cyanide from? I know. And Aldi? this. And this <laughs> And the dad has said to Ireland Audi. Next to the chainsaw. Yeah, he got, got tents and barbells and he got a bit of cyanide. Yeah. T- two for a quid. But um, yeah, so he, after this happened, obviously became more mob related, whatever. And apparently Roy DeMeo, the one that previously asked him to do all these hits, got murdered, right? And I've seen the photos. He was stuffed in a trunk. He got shot to death. Shot Five times, trunk. wasn't it? I think. Something like that. And again, Kuklinski was like, yeah, that was me in the book. And everyone's going, no, it isn't. Like, why Why are you saying all this shit? But um, yeah, so the mob thing, it almost came to an end when Donnie Brasco got friends with him 
uh, in some like uh, shop, I think. It was like a store where they all knew each other like, and drugs were getting dealt or whatever. And Donnie Brasco had, had like made friends with Richard and said like, oh, mate, you know, I, I could get you some cyanide. Like, easy. I'm mobbed up, mate. He's like, oh, fucking sound, yeah. Eventually he did. Met up with him, exchanged money, which is that is now a crime. That's right. Because if he didn't, it's not technically not a crime. But exchanged money, gave him this so-called cyanide. And uh, in the film or in the book... He fucking tested it on an animal. He tested it on a, a local cat. So he was like, pss, 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 got this cat over, sprayed this cat in the face. And the cat went, oh, that's nice. It's, it's, it's always cats, isn't it? It's yeah. always, yeah. Weird. Not a dog. Not, yeah. But the cat didn't die at all. So he's like, oh, shit. That's a solid And that's when he went home with his wife, Linda, had some dinner, and the cops swarmed around the house. Mate, mate, when you look at like the... the uh, I'm sure I've seen news footage of this, and there's also... within In the movie itself, yep. there's so many fucking cars. Yeah. And his neighbours had absolutely no idea. They had no idea. Yeah. His wife, kids, they, they were clueless. Yeah. And they were, like I said before, they were scared of him. So they said, you know, if, if he... Uh, is Linda, uh, Linda, his wife, said, if he upped and went at two in the morning, got dressed, got shoes on, She's and left the house... Him. She didn't question him because if she did, she'd probably get punched in the nose, you know. But she didn't. She said later on, I would never assume he was murdering people. I just thought he was doing like dodgy gambling stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, to make money. But yeah, no, he was prolific in murdering people every time he went out the house. Apparently and- one of his kids, when interviewed, said, well, he did get pissed off on road rage a lot. And he, and he, yes. he would get yeah. angry. i tell you what, that's another story, Jake, right? So Go on. Um, he was driving one day and a, uh, there was a van God, next yeah. to him and there was a group of young lads, like 19-year-old lads, that cut him up on a lane mm-hmm. and got to the stoplight and he said, I got out and he goes, I fucking killed them all. And I've seen the, like the news footage and like the body bags and stuff, like that's true, that's actually true. There's like four young lads just all... Yeah, they're like massive outside. anger issues. I yeah, mean, he said, you know... You know that's, not, that's an understatement there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he said, didn't he, about um, the hit that he had to do and he had a shotgun and he got to the red light again, same sort of thing. And he got to the stoplight and he looked to this guy and the guy looked at him said, it was like, you know, roll down the window, try and speak to him. And he goes, you got the gun. Bang, shot him. And he goes, he was at the red light and he never saw the green light. So and we were cold. Like, oh and, and you, yeah, Jesus. yeah. And he goes, and, and like you have to try and imagine At one point, what he did. He, he explains shooting somebody in the head, and he goes, "Yeah, his head." Um, he Exploded. goes, "Exploded like a like a pumpkin." And, yeah, and, and he's, there's he's, a, another time he shot a guy in a car, and it was in the winter, and so you got snow all over the car, all over the windows. He gets inside his car with this guy, and he and he goes, "I shot him in the car," and all the windows are wound up. Oh yeah, and he yeah, said, and he, and he got completely disoriented because not only did the light flash, and it was reflected off all the snow in the in, in the car, but the noise echoed around the inside of the car, and he said he had a panic attack and he and he kind of stumbled out. This that car. was the first time he lost a bit of control, because he's in the car completely contained, shot this guy and it's obviously blasted these flashing lights and the noise and the snow. And he said he didn't know where, you know, he was disorientated. He didn't know what to do. And he, shit he, he woke up, he thought he might have been shot. He, did, he couldn't remember what had happened. He was completely yeah. freaked out. But um, 
Yeah, so towards the end, when he got caught, um, there's footage of him actually getting arrested, isn't there? And he's going, and he says the, the lines. He goes, "These guys have watched too. They've yeah. watched too These many movies. Watched too many movies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he got convicted of. I think it was like three murders, something like that. Something really tiny compared to what he actually did. Yeah, but there, but there's other like little stories about him. I mean, apparently one of his daughters was home late one night. Oh and he, shit. And, I yeah, know and he was, he was waiting for his daughter, and she came in like two or three hours late. She sat on a settee and he told her off and he picked up her dog and he snapped her dog's neck in front of his daughter. He murdered his daughter's dog. So he didn't, yeah, her. he didn't, like he beat up his wife, but he said in later interviews, he was like, oh, my daughters are my life, my kids are my life, blah, blah, blah. But he would like, like psychologically punish them, you know, and someone killing your dog in front of you. Mate, it's just, and, and like... I can imagine, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm trying to empathise and to see how he was. He must have been so fucking mentally angry mm. that rather than, like, obviously touch his... I'm not, I'm not justifying this in any way. But to do that, he must have been so fucked up. Yeah. And another time, he came across two guys raping a boy. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he murdered... He killed them both. And he, and he freed his kids. And there's another story apparently where he got he came across a, a sex trafficking ring, mm. and he murdered the guys involved in the sex trafficking. And like ring. freed them all, like. yeah. Because like 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 all this kind of mafia shit you see on telly, um, he was saying that he does not he he does not kill women, women and children. children. Yeah. Those two instances were those things that he said, or were those. Yeah, he said that. I think he said that, and it's also whacked um, in the movie, the Iceman movie. It, that's part of his downfall is that he doesn't kill this kid that's hiding yeah. in the wardrobe. Sorry, no spoilers. Yeah, there was yeah there was a woman in the wardrobe when he killed someone, and the mob were like, "Well, you got fucking loose ends now, so what are you gonna do?" And he's like, "Oh shit, like you can't kill a woman," so they're kind of yeah, against so, him. Yeah, so he's kind of got this code. I mean, you hear this codes. You know, and you know, honor amongst thieves and all this kind of. I don't know. Women, I, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Kev's had a drink. Well, I'm just thinking. I mean, you know, they've got these codes, and then they've like, but they've killed like 150 mother. It's, they've it's killed like a scene from people. one of those movies where there's the bad guy, and then he goes after really bad guys, like walking down an alley, or you know. Yeah, like yeah. The, those two cases. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like have you seen um, Eastern Promises? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. So he's like a Russian gang member in London, knows what's going on, sex trafficking or whatever, and then he ends up teaming up with the girl, doesn't he? Yeah. To actually, you know, infiltrate where he's actually uh, yeah. aligned with and exposes them all. Mm. Yeah, it's nuts. He's like the villain, but he's not quite the villain villain. But yeah, so... Uh, well, he's after... still the villain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. He's, oh, he's a vile guy. He's, he's fucking vile, dude. yeah. But... um also, uh, years later, he found out that his younger brother, he had another brother, uh, raped and killed a 12-year-old girl. And, went and they, went, and they went shared the same prison. And they were in the same prison. What? And in the film, I don't know if it's true, it might be exaggerated, but there's a point where they like could communicate. And he's like, hey, Richard. And he's like, don't fucking speak to me. You know, like, because he was so against like children and women or whatever. But um, yeah, he wanted to kill him as well, uh, especially his dad. But yeah, he wanted to kill. But they were brother. both the kind of products of the same father. Yeah, and that's what he says in the interview. He's like, 
how how did that happen? Because we're both from the same mother, mum and dad. Yeah, I did this, and he's like a paedophile and doing this to children. They're both still terrible. I mean, they're both terrible mm. acts. They're yeah, both yeah. terrible, terrible acts. But it's that lack of attachment as a kid, that massive neglect. Yeah. Similarly, in so many cases of serial killers, where they've just had awful, awful childhood yeah. experiences. And what did he say about his mum? Uh, she was cancer. My my mum was cancer. That stuck in my head so much because yeah, he just went my well, my no, mum. And imagine she had that. She no, was, she was cancer. She was cancer. Yeah. And like so many of these um, cases, they talk about the cold mum. There's a lot of like shift of blame on the mum. Never mind that the father battered him, abused him, beat him. Yeah, it's all the maternal. There's stuff. a lot of it's like well, he had, he had a bad mum, which is like patriarchal shift of the blame. Mm. Getting all feminists here, <laughs> but 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 it, it, it's a very strange phrase. The cold mum, mm. like autism, serial killers, Aspergers. There's all these kind of th- things that have been attributed attributed yeah. to cold mums when really that's half the, you know. It's yeah, leave the mums alone. Leave the fucking mums alone. <laughs> it's, man. There's someone else. This kid involved. was yeah. This kid was battered by his fucking his dad. dad, and then his dad did one and went, "Oh, I'm just gonna go and remarry or whatever." And what a horrible same man. Kem- same as Kempler. Yeah, just yeah. Fucked off. Yeah. Kempler yeah. Kempler uh, hunted down his dad, found him, had a great month. And it all fucked up. Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm going to leave you here. Abandoned. Just couldn't be arsed of him. Yeah, so uh, eventually, yeah, Richard gets caught, goes to prison, and they convict him on like three murders, I think, maybe yeah. something like that. Which have now become four or five murders. Yeah, and it, but, the, but the original ones were enough to keep him in prison forever anyway. Why was he called the Iceman? Uh, oh, yeah, why don't we get to this? Uh, so one of the victims... He had a like a an industrial like freezer access. Put the body in there for two years. Two years after he shot him in the head. Yeah, put two him in a, years. two years. Two years in a freezer, and then he went back, got the body, dumped it a random place in a bench in September. Yeah, because yeah, in September and it was warm wherever he dumped it, and they were going, well, why is there like icicles? Still on his body. In the autopsy, they found ice crystals in the lungs. Oh my God. And they were going, my God, this guy, they said, well, he must have been frozen. And he's only semi-thawed out. Yeah. Hence, the Iceman. And if it would fully thawed out... <laughs> they would they would probably wouldn't have caught him. No. So, that yeah. So, the icicles, they knew that somewhere nearby or whatever, he's frozen. And so, they all go look and whatever. So, he was basically getting sloppy towards the end. What age, what age was he about this time? Oh, I'd say he was probably in his 30s, 25, 30. 72? Like, yeah, probably 30 37. Something, 30 something, yeah. Still young. And he's still going home and going, hi guys, do you want some dinner? And what was it, uh, when he killed the one guy, uh, they said, oh, what did, you do, what did you do after that? And they were assuming he was going to go, like, I'll dispose of the body. He went... I just went home and tried to fix the truck for my... For my yeah, it's my, it, was, it was Christmas Eve, so he had to go home. But he was at home doing his stuff, making all of his kids, kids Christmas presents. The guy phoned him and said, oh, meet me now, we'll go for a drink, I'll give you the money earlier. He left making his kids Christmas presents. He left the home, family home, met the guy. The guy was going, oh, well, I'm not giving you money yet, but come out of a drink, we'll get some broads, we'll go and get, yeah, we'll yeah. get laid, we'll get pissed, we'll have some cocaine. And Iceman was fucking... 
pissed off. And he left the guy, went home, carried on making the shit, got annoyed, left his family home, <laughs> found the guy, shot him, because he, he, he had annoyed him, then went home and made a wagon. Yeah. It was a wagon for he his... Just, yeah, for, he just went back home and sat cross-legged on the floor making yeah, a little truck like for his... 2 a.m. Like, Christmas Eve, making presents for the kids the morning after. And he's just gone and murdered someone. And the interviews with his wife, she said, honestly, we had no idea what he was doing. Because yeah, they were scared to ask anyway. That's nuts that she is just clueless. Clueless. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. clueless. Yeah. Well, she said, the only thing I didn't think he was capable of was murder. And that's all he did. Mate, talking to murder, as you do, uh, they were talking to him about, about <laughs> chainsaws. They're going, well, what, what, you know, did you use chainsaws to cut the body? Well, this, this and he was during, going, no. This is during the trial. Uh, this is like in one of the interviews. Uh, after, uh, when he's yeah. in prison yeah. years yeah. later. Yeah. So, so what do you think about, so how did you cut the body using chainsaws? He's going, no, I wouldn't use chainsaws. Why ruin a good shirt? Is that what he said? He said, why ruin a, You're getting meat all over, little chunks of meat. He goes, now you use a knife, you cut... I mean, a lot of these serial killers, I don't know where, but they learn how to butcher yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, You know, they learn how to cut the knife. Well, like previously get, with the ligaments, like he learned how uh, yeah, to... Yeah, how to bend people. Yeah. Well, ugh. Yeah, with a chainsaw. <laughs> and he was going, to, he I goes, no, realize. I don't use chainsaws. Because uh, you get, you know, he says, yeah, why ruin a good shirt? And the guy interviewing this, <sighs> Dr. Deeds. Yeah. He says, well, when I interviewed Jeffrey Dahmer... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer said uh, he had to be drunk before he cut somebody up. He'd, like, was smash it? a bottle of whiskey to try and do it. Yeah, it was freak like, him out. You know, he's gagging, he can't do it. And so the ice man goes... I just do it. I just do it. It's like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. But you see the difference there, like with Jeffrey Dahmer, he had a kind of a similar upbringing, not as bad, but, like, he was a loner or whatever, and he had to drink to cut up these bodies even though he's like sexually thrilled by it whereas you got this other guy that just got a few more beatings from his parents and he's going nah just cut them up sober don't really care like a piece of chicken you know that's why this sort of stuff is so fascinating because jeffrey dharma did that to like i don't know 15 i just can't people. even imagine it I just can't even imagine it just i just can't even fuck but he was like another one another one from when he was jake this is interesting when he was about 20, he said this is when he started to get quite big and tall and like fearless. And after he killed like his bully or whatever, and he said when he joined that gang and when he went into the, he went into a bar, and he said, this guy pissed me off. And they asked him like in the interviews, like why? And he went, I, I can't remember. He just pissed me off. It's like, okay. And he goes, so I just grabbed a pool cue, like battered him. And he goes, uh, yeah, he dies. And he goes, I didn't mean to. And he goes, that, he goes, that actually upset me a little bit. But he goes, afterwards, he goes, I didn't feel a thing after 10 seconds. He was upset because he didn't mean to do it. Yeah. But he killed this guy, like obviously relentlessly beat him with his pool cue and killed him. Again, I'll repeat, how did anyone not see this or report exactly. this? Exactly. Or... But also, it's the fact that, like, Kev, like, is it true? Do you know what I mean? He may, throws out may, all these really may, cool oh, stories. Oh, so that... that a story that he was told he yeah. tells in the interviews afterwards yeah, yeah. Okay. he's yeah. definitely killed more people than we have <laughs> well I was looking up some of the details here mm. and who was it um, was it like I'm, so, sh I'm sure I'm sure the police uh, it, was, it was the Donnie Brasco 
guy. Yeah. He said for sure he didn't kill 200 people. Yeah, I don't said think for sure he didn't kill like 100 people. Right. So it seems a bit Yeah, you you ambiguous. can't really guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the police predicted when he got convicted and um sent down. They predicted it was around 15. Which doesn't make him the most prolific, but no, no, interesting doesn't. nonetheless. Like you know, and how much? How many was he actually? Um, oh, convicted for? Yeah, I think it was something like three. If and I'm then another right. one had added, and maybe another one was added after that. Yeah, yeah. So it was very minimal when based he off got his sent interviews. Down. They've heard his interviews and they've investigated it, and he's actually been brought up on one of them. That's mm. a hell of a contrast. Three versus like two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I think he's just yeah, he's away with the fairies. That's like me saying I can drink seventeen pints of beer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I can drink three, and then I go wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is the similar thing. You you could go to any pub, like you go to a pub in I don't know in Birmingham and go, yeah, last night I drank twenty four pints, and I go, all right, fair enough, yeah, you know. How do they know it's true? They don't. You but know. there was one thing you mentioned where obviously he's been in prison for so long he then wants to talk to, I presume in isolation Absolutely. yeah yeah he wants these people to interview him come in to talk so he yeah. could just be glorifying or making this up yeah yeah well like when we were watching it earlier all three of us uh, did you notice like he was he had a smirk every time he was yeah. talking about one of the movies and then reinforcing his kind of legacy yeah Kind of embedding it in that serial killer culture. Yeah. Which he, obviously in prison, you do have access to libraries and books. And he must know that he is yeah. studied. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he loves it. Like, well, they all love absolutely, it. Absolutely. So he's done the interview and he's smirking. Every, like, I noticed it. I, I, you know, I analysed his face so much when I was watching it. And every single time there was something horrific that happened, he was like excited. His, his eyes lit up. He would grin. He man. wasn't the ice man anymore. He was like. And he'd make these pauses, these dramatic pauses. Yeah, yeah. He'd say like, uh, "So I got this guy. Hit him over the head. Put him in my car boot. And he talked like that for ages. Totally. And you're like, but gas. he's got this smirk on his face, and he's going, yeah. And then I, I blew his head off. And they go, did you feel bad about that? He's like, mm-hmm. I don't have a fi-. And that's what he said. He goes, I wanted to feel something because obviously that's why he did it, to try and get some sort of thrill out of it. And he said, I felt nothing. And he said, that's what when I knew I was crazy. That's what he said. Yeah, I, I, I came and watched some of those interviews mm. toward the end. Um, I couldn't tell if he was just cold lists and, and, and that way naturally or he was putting on an act for the camera yeah that's it you know in, in those it, 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 but he nonetheless he's still insane exactly yeah <laughs> and it's like you know when he started crying I 100% believe that was sincere that was because it looked like he didn't plan it mm-hmm. so when he started crying he was like uh, tripping over his words mm-hmm. and saying oh the Iceman's crying oh, as soon as you mention his family yeah it's not macho it's not macho I'm not being macho yeah but it comes down to the fact that he had nothing growing up then when he did have something and he went off off piste and obviously killed all these people went into prison his whole mind is on family because he didn't have it so he's protecting his family and he's trying but but he's obviously gone completely the wrong way about it oh mate because he, he he didn't have the skills he 
He didn't have the skills from his parents. He, he was completely fucked. Well, he was a product of his environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's gone down the line and he's done the same to his wife, whatever, and his kids. But yeah. he's still got that little bit of love in him mm. for his family. Mm. But obviously it's just gone oh, it's you know, fucking mental. But yeah, in prison when he started crying, I was thinking, Jesus Christ, you've got this big, massive six foot something dude killed massive guy killed all these people in different ways you know killed animals and he's and he's crying because he's upset his family and he said oh that's the only thing i care about and i found out later on that linda his wife at the time she used to visit him once a year yeah yeah but then she stopped yeah so once a year that's depressing enough isn't it do you know what i mean and they then got, they got divorced yeah 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 she eventually but I think she stuck by him or tried to visit him for a bit and then she went, no, nah, you're a fucking mental bastard. <laughs> We're getting divorced. Sorry, mate. Fucking I would. But I'm wondering as well about his, his children. Oh, God, they mustn't like, talk to him. Can you imagine? I bet they don't tell people that he's their father. They would have, they would have changed their name, big style. Definitely. Because that's an identifiable name. Yeah, yeah it's not Smith, yeah. is it? You know. But I think... Uh, it would be amazing if you saw like an interview with one of the kids. Oh, Kev going wee wee. Kev going wee wee. <laughs> 17 beers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember reading the book for the first time. I think I went to the market hall in town and found that. Yeah. And uh, it's quite a small book and I read it in like two days. But it's like, it's almost like a movie when you read it. But every page you're like, I want to read the next one yeah. and you can't you know it's addictive and um, yeah a lot of what he said in those interviews I think a lot of those interviews were put into the book and made into a story type thing and that's where you, I'd probably side with it's way less than what he says yeah because yeah, yeah. a lot of it he wants to sell a story mm. he wants to sell you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the book the, the movie rights yeah and what's going to get more things sold? Yeah, exactly. Making up all these extravagant additional potential murders. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't proven in, in court, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. And it's weird as well. Like, you, could, if, if I was sat across a desk from him right now, I'd say, you said this, you said that, but it's not proven. So what, what do you have to say about it? And he'll just probably go, well, I did it. So, you know, make your own mind up type thing. But yeah, he was, I find, obviously he was called the Ice Man because of the ice, the freezer or whatever. But I find as well, it's just because he, he was ice cold. There was nothing behind him whatsoever. Like he could, have, he could have killed 12 people in a row and sat down and gone, oh, what's for tea? And we, we'd be like going insane, you know, even from one person. So yeah, that, this is why we want to talk about him because... He's an enigma. This, you can't Mate, get and, to the and, bottom of you it. You know, and he looks a bit like a British politician. I'm trying to remember his name. Me? No, 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 not, <laughs> not you. Actually, no, look, come to think of it. Now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of um, the Iceman. Um, George Summit, rather, the Scottish bloke. Yeah, George Galloway. Is that his did, name? Did the fucking cap thing on Big Brother. That's it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's another thing. Yeah, there you go. He looks like George Galloway. But... Um, yeah, it's like a really big George. George Galloway's <laughs> big brother, big twin brother. Right, so I think we're going to wrap this up. 
and this has been very good and I'm, I'm hoping you enjoy this um, so tell you know, your mates tell tell everyone do you uh, do you have an email address? Well, we do have an we email do actually, address yeah, yeah. yeah so it's what go on dead stuff podcast at gmail.com com 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 I I could have added that post the echo there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, dead stuff podcast at gmail.com and if you've got any questions uh on our topics or any questions in general or who will... we should do something about yeah 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 give us suggestions anything or any fashion tips for Jake <laughs> Hey, Leave them just, alone. We're just saying, man. Just you know, just in case. Today, just in case. Just in case. He's from California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of, lot of vest lot and of shorts all the time. Yeah, we, we've been doing like looking at serial killers on 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 the on the internet and and stuff, and obviously a lot of them are from California. Hence, Jake's also from California. <laughs> so according yeah. to Ancestry dot com, this is all. He's three point five percent right now. Serial killer. Yeah, look out. Oh, yeah, don't upset him. Don't California upset him. Well, <laughs> hey, yeah. flying the flag. Right, so yeah, we've got Instagram. It's underscore, underscore, dead stuff, underscore, underscore. Uh, and we've got Twitter, haven't we, Kev? Yeah, which is actually, selfishly, because I love myself, it's called <laughs> at Kev the Tab. Uh, and that's dead stuff on Twitter. So we're everywhere. Facebook as well. It's it's just starting up, but Instagram mainly and TikTok as well. Actually, yeah, yeah the dead stuff. It's we're trying to get the, get the ball rolling, but primarily listen to us on here. And if you're interested, follow our social media. The more support you get, who knows? YouTube one day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'd like to do YouTube if you enjoy it enough. Send us send us some emails, you know, suggestions and what you'd like and don't like, you know. You should like it because it's great, but <laughs> <laughs> as Kev swigs a fucking rum. <laughs> <laughs> right, so thank you for listening. And hey, this is thank you very much. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Oh, cheers, guys. So Jake, Kev, here. and me, Tom. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. This has been Dead Stuff. <laughs>